All right. One, two, three. One, two, three. How's this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. All right. This is why we are partners. Yes. You know who it is, right? Who did that? Yeah. That's from um No no no, you know who's that singing? One, two, three. No, it's the Pointer Sisters. Is that the Pointer Sisters? The Pointer Sisters. Are you serious? Dead serious. Is that really the Pointer Sisters the singing pointer that song? Sisters. One, two, three, four, five, six, six seven, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I did not know that. There you go. Oh, wow. Here we go. <laughs> and so we begin again. <laughs> oh wow. That's the Pointer Sisters. The Pointer Sisters. That's the Pointer Sisters, Vince. Actually, when my son's watching Sesame Street, sometimes like there's a newer version and I get irrationally angry. Oh, somebody else? Yeah, they you know, I mean it's like 40 years old. <laughs> no, okay, but the newer version, is it just like another way of teaching a I mean, it's the same the lyrics, world? it's the same everything. It's just somebody else singing it. Well, no, see, now, why did they have to, they didn't have to update the singing. And that's why I get angry. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you want to update the graphics on, like, the little whatever they would show right, when they right. did it. But you don't have to update the singing. Yeah, that yeah, singing yeah. is eternal. I know. Who they got singing it now? I don't know. Macy Gray? That's random studio. Fantasia? Somebody they... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, This was five years ago. I'd make a Fantasia joke about her not reading that well and doing something about numbers. But I'm a much better <laughs> man now, so I won't make that joke. I didn't say I didn't know my numbers. I'm just not comfortable with them. <laughs> I just don't know the order. <laughs> Why are they in that order? <laughs> I can put two where I want it. One, three. Why four. was seven, eight? Why did seven, eight, nine? Was seven hungry? This is terrible this is that scary. you took me down this road. <laughs> I'm trying to be a better man. I'm like Henry <laughs> in Baby Boy. You know I got two strikes. <laughs> you want some eggs? You want some breakfast? <laughs> I got your breakfast. Oh, All right, let's get to the All show. All right. <laughs> Although Fantasia naked in the kitchen making eggs <laughs> is intriguing. Everybody, welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Triple. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams, Vitz All Soul, 8 to 10 p.m. Wednesday nights on GTownRadio.com. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are on episode 94. You are right there. Oh my goodness. Like we're the people in in like the Vietnam movie. Mm -hmm. Like we're getting short. Yeah. We're getting yeah. short. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we are but but while we are getting short on our road to one hundred, tonight stop is actually gonna be a little bit of a layover because this I believe is going to be our last show of twenty seventeen. Yes. Yes it is. 
But no better way than to go out than with one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Wow. Vince's selection. Yes. Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, certifiable classic, Friday. Yes, sir. Mm. And you know this man. man. Oh, my goodness. But as always, before we do, ladies and gentlemen, we like to get into all of the feedback that we receive from each and every one of you. The writes us at MichelleMission at gmail.com or hits us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at MichelleMission. We got a few emails. Vince, you ready to rip through them a little bit? Let's do that. Let's do this. Um, We have an email from MC Picket Fence. Hey, hey. Giving us a, a few black Christmas songs that only black people can do. Okay. Santa Claus Comes to the Ghetto, James Brown. Santa Claus Goes Straight to the Ghetto. Definitely. That's a good one. Christmas and Hollis, Run DMC. Of course. Christmas Rapping, Curtis Blow. Christmas Rapping, Curtis. I'm not a big fan of Christmas Rapping. I'm not a big fan of Curtis Blow. Oh. I I concur with you on that one. Sleigh Ride by Alexander O'Neill. Sleigh Ride. We talked about this sleigh ride because Alexander O'Neill has a whole album. Yeah, I know he has of like new Christmas music. Who told Alexander O'Neill to make a Christmas album? How much cocaine was involved in Minneapolis that at the end someone said, "You know what? I should make a Christmas album." Now you laugh, but there was that brief moment, as (laughs) many black singers want to do in their career. There was that brief moment when all the stage of R&B was Alexander O'Neill's to play with. Absolutely. It probably was about maybe a good one to two year stretch. But while you are at the top Just do your thing. You do you. And I'm joking. I'm quietly a fan of that album. Of his Christmas album? Of his Christmas album. My family hates it. So like I have to listen to it secretly. I don't think I'm a big fan of most of I know I don't own it. Yeah. And I've never owned it. It's like I listen to that one by myself, but like my wife and I together listen to Elvis's Christmas album. And we don't let people know that we listen to that. Well, you just did. I know, right? Elvis? Let me tell you something. (laughs) Please. (laughs) That damn Elvis Presley singing uh, Blue Christmas. I'll have a blue. You know, I don't oftentimes like to do this sort of thing but the colonel wanted me to do it and also mama taught me about christmas and about the love of our lord and savior jesus christ and how he died for all of us and during the season while there is time for rudolph and santa claus and even a song like blue christmas where i let the one that i love know that i'm missing her let us all come together and remember the real reason that we're here, blue. here, so so blue, blue 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 on blue, Christmas. Blue. <laughs> I love Elvis's Christmas album. <laughs> I love Elvis gospel. I actually, saw a documentary. Oh God, Elvis gospel. I saw a do- dude. Look, <laughs> all the cultural stuff, all the everything. But I give a cat his due. He was good. What he did. I mean, look, it is what it is. Appropriating black culture. He appropriated it 
well. really well. <laughs> it's funny. I saw a documentary. You know, Elvis used to go on tour with like um, Jerry Lee Lewis yes. and you know a couple of more of those sort of rockabilly guys. Mm-hmm. And you know. Poor people are poor people. Yes. So, you know, like poor black people, all of them grew up in the church. Yes. And I forget it was it was like the owner of a gospel label, one of these country gospel labels. And he said what he would do was that after they all went on tour together, mm-hmm. he would basically be at the station when they got back. And they had been on tour carousing and cutting up. And then they felt super guilty about everything that they did. Like, I think Johnny Cash was in the mix, too. So they'd get off the bus and he'd say, why don't we do a gospel album? So like it's this series of country gospel albums that came from this dude basically ambushing these guys when they came back off tour and they were and they were feeling guilty. <laughs> they ain't feel like going to confession. Right. So let's just so, do a gospel know. album as penance. Anyway. <laughs> It's it's my it's one of my secret pleasures. It's one of your guilty pleasures because it's secret. It's no not more. secret anymore. Yeah. I mean, I didn't talk about when my when one of, one of my best friends got married in um, Memphis, and we I made all my friends go to Graceland. Like I didn't talk about that part. How I went to Graceland and had a ball. You had a ball. At, see, I would go to Graceland. Let me tell you something. As a curiosity, if you ever get a chance to go, Graceland is amazing. There's so much that was there. My favorite thing, so you know, it's Graceland, and and it was his house. Yes. So they they basically just put everything in amber. So everything there is like it was when Elvis lived there, lived in the residence. So you know, it's like is a room called the Jungle Room, mm-hmm. where it's like it's like green um, astroturf basically on the floors and on the walls and on the ceilings, and it's like marble animals. So it's like oh the jungle God. room, you know, like you get to go into his plane, you know, his music room, everything. <laughs> but there's a room where like there there are his books and, and things. And oh, that was red. Yeah. Well, there's a book that's open. And, you know, it's one of those late 60s, early 70s books mm-hmm. on like metaphysics. So there's a line in there and it's talking about, you know, the age of the rising moon and and how we're going to transcend our consciousness and the moves that we need to make as we're on this plane and we want to move to the next plane. And then in the corner of the book, handwritten in Elvis's handwriting, it says in karate. (laughs) Hand to God. One of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. I do want to go to Graceland. <laughs> it's fantastic. I was pissed at my boy because what I really wanted to do was see somebody cry at the grave. And I got there after my, like, you know, like I said, we all went down for the wedding. And, and my boy Bruce got there before we did because I made everybody go to Graceland and he saw some people crying at Elvis's grave oh so there was nobody there when you went nobody was crying at the grave uh, I want to see people cry at the grave because that's sort of one of the things that like you hear that people do mm-hmm. but like like you would never see that yeah. so like I wanted to see it like I wanted to see someone actually be in tears right and I didn't but my friend did you didn't cry at Elvis. I did grave? not cry. I was trying not to laugh, but so hard because I wasn't trying to get get no situation down there making jokes. Like I'm jokey jokey with you here in the middle of Philly. <laughs> <laughs> but that, 
I ain't but so jokey jokey in Memphis <laughs> about Elvis. In karate. Oh, yeah, that's real. That's in deep. karate. That's right, deep. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, Elvis. He was... In his plane with the solid gold seatbelt buckles. Solid gold seatbelt? I mean, I don't know if they were solid gold. I didn't bite them, but they were gold. Yeah, see, but I can't. I mean, something tells me that, you know, Jay-Z's plane has gold buckles as well. I mean, sure. I mean, if you can get them. Hell, I'd have gold buckles. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Other black song. Other. <laughs> this is just what Judge 3 was talking about. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's a callback. You like that, right? That was a callback. <laughs> oh. May the circle be unbroken. <laughs> Bon, 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 bon. Go ahead. Um. <clears throat> yeah, y'all weren't expecting the deep dive into Elvis. No, I never saw this coming. It's like a whole sod building with all of his Las Vegas outfits, son. A building yeah, with yes. outfits? Yes. Like all those jumpsuits? All the jumpsuits and the capes and everything. Oh my, oh my lord. You ever hear the story about Elvis's tailor? No. So you know Elvis, you know, obviously got, got bigger as he got older. <laughs> and bit. and Elvis always had, I think it was a 32-inch waist. Mm. And whenever, you know, costumers kept coming out and and, you know, making him outfits and he would look and it would say not 32 inch waist which would enrage him because you know I'm Elvis and I've always had a 32 inch waist so he just kept firing people and so one tailor fit him and put him in that outfit and then put 32 inch waist in the waistline because that's how Elvis got down ah, so now I know where uh, Jerry Seinfeld got that <laughs> well, the storyline on Seinfeld <laughs> That's he did. He got it from Elvis. Yeah, because he was a big Elvis yeah. and Superman fan. Okay. <laughs> uh, where were we? MC Picket Fence. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. Wrote us an email. Yes, yes. Few black Christmas songs that only black people can do. Yes. We've run through a couple of them already. Um, he also says, uh, by the emotions, what do the lonely do at Christmas? What do the lonely do? I'm surprised nobody's tried to remake that yet. I think the emotions are a surprisingly complex and difficult group to cover. You think so? Yeah, that's a tough song. I mean, I mean, they were a phenomenal they were. singing group. They I don't were. Think they got they get the they're just due. Yeah. Because I don't think that their the songs that they did yeah. for the most part just weren't. Yeah, the emotions were nice. Yeah, they were on point. All right, um, we're in the middle of emails here. Okay, uh, 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 Aaron Fry. Hey, what's up, Aaron? Rodas. Um, Lawmen. Before Cleavon Little played Bart in Blazing Saddles, Jim Brown, the greatest athlete actor of all time. Mm, might have to disagree with you with that, Aaron. Yeah, let's stay on that for a little bit. Jim yeah. Brown, the greatest athlete actor of all time. You know, I'm a Fred Williamson man. Yeah, Fred Williamson was a football player, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Michael Jordan acted. Yeah, he wasn't that great. Dr. J acted. He was bad. Yeah. Was Jim Brown a better actor than O.J. Simpson? 
Yeah. Okay. He was a better actor. He didn't do as much. No, 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 no. did a whole lot more. Yeah. And OJ, you know, the shame of OJ is that (laughs) he was actually not a bad actor. And when he did his comedy, he was actually on point. I think there's maybe some more stuff about OJ that's a shame, but that is also a shame. Well, the shame is that you can't reflect on that without going there. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any women athlete actors. Because I, I keep coming to Queen Latifah because she just looks like she could have been an athlete, but she, she used to play ball in high school. Yeah, but I don't think that would count. Right. Jim Brown, he he may be. I because like, Fred Williamson. I know you like Fred Williamson. I'm a Fred Williamson. I think Fred Williamson is a better actor than Jim Brown. I think I find Jim Brown distracting. It's because he's scary. Yes. <laughs> And he wasn't given a lot to do. Yes. Unfortunately. He got typecast real quick. Anyway. Yes. He says Jim Brown played Jim Price in Tick, Tick, Tick. I've heard of Tick, Tick, Tick. I've never seen Tick, Tick, Tick. I have never heard of Tick, Tick, yeah. Tick. Um, but apparently it's good. Or a matter of fact, just Mr. Brown's first scene with Lee Marvin in 1967's The Dirty Dozen makes me chuckle. Yeah. Who was your favorite athlete actor or who no. made a good attempt? By the way, the townspeople in both films were incredibly racist. One was for laughs. The other wasn't. Right. We are due for some black cowboy movies. We were. I actually was going to choose one and it, it they took it off of um, Brown Sugar. We, I, I was actually going to choose uh, Bucket of Preacher. Bucking the Preacher. But good. They, good. That's a solid choice. Yeah, but they took it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a solid like, choice. You know, I'll, I'll wait. All right. I'm going to choose Fred Williamson, but I think you could make a case for O.J. Simpson. Like when you said certain actors were typecast, that made me think O.J. Simpson actually had a pretty good range. Yeah. 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 I, I think O.J. Simpson, you know, he had a good range. And because of the way he lived his life, he was allowed to do more. Right. Um, and so, he was mad personable. Had mad charisma. He did. He, he, I mean, it's the OJ thing. Like, you know. He, yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Right. I, I would give it to OJ. Damn, I think I'm changing my vote to OJ. I think I would give it to OJ. Oh, Lord. Is this what's going to get us in trouble? Is this it right here? I don't think it's going Okay. <laughs> I think we're good. All right. I think we're good. Good question, though. Yes. Very that. good question. One that I, maybe we should talk about more moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Let's right. revisit this. We Thank, we shall. Thank you, Aaron. Visit, we shall. Um bu- 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 and um a movie review request. Okay. From Rocky A. Hey Rocky A. Who I believe might be a friend of yours. Okay. I think this is Aaron. Carrington. Andre. 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 Okay. Yeah. A movie review request. Hey. Oh, maybe this is not. Okay. <laughs> it's after I'm reading. We read these emails live, ladies and gentlemen. Right, right. I don't real I time. purposefully don't read them beforehand. Real time. So, because uh, the email address says Carrington. So that's what made me think, oh, maybe in Rocky A. So I was like, oh, maybe it's Andre. Right. But now their first sentence in the email says, hey, recently stumbled upon your podcast and love, love, love. Oh, okay. Well, that thank would be you. Andre. So it's somebody new. All right. Awesome. Well, so, so, hey, Rocky A, I adore the indie film Morris from America and would love to hear your critique if it meets your black film criteria. I'll see, 
I'll still keep listening either way. Thanks. <laughs> I'm not familiar with Morris from America. I have never heard of Morris from America. Well, we will certainly check it out. It is a indie film. Yeah. Uh, so I've been told. Um, I'll just let you know, after 100, I'm looking forward to doing more deep cuts. Deep cuts? Like, I'll just say, I felt a lot of pressure to pass, you know, 10, 15 episodes to not get but so esoteric. <laughs> trying to fit under 100 but like 101 well 101 we've already selected well 102 okay or 103 whatever my first post 100 episode is mm-hmm. is, is going to be a pretty deep cut well, that's interesting uh, Morris from America a 13 year old rapper Marquise Christmas focused on hip hop stardom falls for a rebellious classmate Lena Keller after yeah. moving from the US to Germany with his widowed father played by Craig Robinson yeah remember this was out i've never heard of yeah. this it, this actually was out I was in the about theaters? To say it just it just came out like last year wow i i i then uh this film had its world premiere the 2016 sundance film festival in january of 2016 shortly thereafter the film distributor a24 acquired u.s distribution rights to the film and it was released on direct tv cinema ah. on july Seventh, twenty sixteen, prior to opening in a limited release. Okay, in August. All right. So it didn't make it didn't make it into the theaters. There you go. That's all we need. That's all we need. That's all we need. So there you go. So somewhere. So we'll try and uh, get it done. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it holds uh, holds an eighty seven percent score. All right. So it hey sounds pretty cool. And I'm a Craig Robinson. I'm a Craig. Are you watching Ghosted? No. It's not somebody, bad. somebody told me about that. I haven't watched it. It's not bad. Yeah, I, I, I just powered through. I just powered through the Punisher. Okay, which I still, wasn't bad. I still haven't finished that. It wasn't bad. I, 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 I didn't like mind where it went. Four episodes, and and I keep getting distracted, which is always a bad sign. Bad sign. Um, and it does meander a little bit in the middle. Uh, and now I'm watching. And here, and oh, okay. You know, you dropped an Elvis on them. I'll drop this on people. Okay. I was two seconds away on Netflix from clicking on She's Gotta Have It. Because okay. I still haven't watched it. Right, right, right. But you ended up watching The Crown. Oh, how was that? It's not great. Okay. But I'm a sucker for kind of like period TV that's done really well. Fair enough. And very sumptuous okay. um, cinematography and settings and, and costuming. So because of that, and because it does purport to tell the, a true story of an actual figure, you know, Queen Elizabeth. Okay. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of into it. That's all right. And so that distracted me from watching She's Gotta Have There is some stuff like you find yourself like no one would really expect you to watch this necessarily. Yeah. But you kind of like it. You know what this is? This is hitting my um, Downton Abbey. I was about to say, I still have not even started Downton Abbey. It, and Downton Abbey, it doesn't end. I didn't like the way it ended, but I got hooked. Right. And I was I was in on it. I keep I, meaning to start. And I, you watch the first two seasons and you'll be good. Okay. You know, Um and and this is this is this is scratching that itch. Okay, fair so enough. I, that's why I find myself watching the, the Crown. Okay, I will get to. She's got to have it. I promise. I mean, hopefully it'll be there. 
It'll be. Where's it going? I'm just saying. It's not going. They, they can't get rid of the black things. They ain't got that many black things. I know, right? <laughs> they ain't got that many black things. They, they just got rid of E.T. They're getting rid of E.T. next month on uh, Netflix. She's got to have it. It's always going to be there. There you go. <laughs> People were um, go. I went on our Facebook group. People are having a whole lot of fun on there as well. Robert Monroe Jr. is having fun. Dan Dinkins is having fun. Um, oh, Manfred T. Oliver. Yes. Hey, fellas. Uh, come on up. Come. You weren't supposed to go here. Hey, fellas. Just got done with your sister act episode. Nice one. Yeah. Somehow, I completely missed the fact that y'all all did Crooklyn. Yes. Your co-hosts on both of those were fantastic, and they play off you lads well. I hope you have both Jordan and Charmel back soon. Big fans of both of them. Yes, I am. Big too. fans of both of them. And we actually had Jordan back yeah. on, and that show got lost to the ages. So we'll be having her on soon. Like, big fans of both of them, just generally. But I also, and I was thinking about this after our Sister Act conversation, and specifically when we talked about the Brandy Cinderella. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that both of them are younger than us. Yeah. And they're women. Mm-hmm. So they have this completely different perspective. perspective. And, you know, they articulate that perspective really well. And, you know, they're both very intelligent. Yeah. And, you know, it really is. So, yeah, I'm a fan, too. You know what? Our 100th episode, we're doing The Wiz. Yes. It might be nice since they're younger. To kind of see what their perspectives are. The perspective of The Wiz. Okay. So we'll we'll bring them in. And we've got a special request for them. There you go. I think they're both relatively nearby. There you go. We'll reach out to Jordan and Charmel. Have them on for the week. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, Manfred continues. He says, any chance of going old school and doing house party and maybe part two for contrast, crush groove, keep up the good work later. I mean, obviously all three of them will be done. Crush groove, we kind of did. Oh, yeah, we did crush groove. We did crush groove. Yeah, and, and house party has been on the short list for a while. It has been. It just keeps getting yeah, knocked off. Yeah, it just keeps getting bumped. Nobody so. wants to... Sit and listen to the house, uh, kid and play. But, um, here you go. I'm sorry, it's real. I'm keeping it real. But, you know, they they will sooner than later get done. It's it's just funny to hear House Party and even Crush Groove, um, be considered as old school movies. I know, you know, but like, kind of speaks to the Friday conversation we're gonna have. Really? Yeah, I think so. I had had an interesting conversation with my 23 year old nephew. Okay. Dope. Wow, dope. All right. Well, then on that note, on that by note. all means, full speed ahead to our review of 1995's Friday. Now, your mama told me what happened to you yesterday. How the hell are you going to get fired on your day off? Damn! Look, look, she bending over. I'm Miss Parker. Parker just don't know. Come here. What's up, big pie? I mean, big wine? If you ain't got my money, I'm killing you and him. You don't drag me into this? I'm used to stealing. Get in and get out. Here come Debo. Give me your stuff. You want me to ask for my bike back? What bike? The one I let you use a couple of weeks ago. That bike. Wait. 
count out my money. 40, 60, 80, 120, 140. I don't think you applying yourself, Smokey. Why? Claude, have mercy. Just give me three and a half minutes. Maybe even four. Hey, who's that? Oh, no. Drive by! I don't know. It sounds like machine guns. So you gonna loan me the money or not? I wouldn't feel comfortable lending you $200 without a job. If I was working, I wouldn't need $200. Exactly. Now, Dana told me about that big snake situation. Big worm. Big worm, big hole, big... I don't give a damn! I said, they hit it. They hit it. They hit I'm gonna kill you and Smokey. You need a job. You need a wig. What you looking at with that girl for? Talking about she look like Janet Jackson. Control. Got out the car looking more like Freddie Jackson. Oh, my back, my neck. I'm suing y'all. I want a hundred and fifty thousand. But I'll set out of court right now for 20 bucks. Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, Bernie Mac, Johnny Witherspoon. Tiny Zeus Lister and Mia Long, Friday. Don't ever, 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 ever come by here, okay? I said a hip hop, the hip it, the hip it, do the hip, hip hop, you don't stop the rocket to the bang, man, boogie, say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. Directed by F. Gary Gray. Friday is a 1995 American stoner buddy comedy film, reading directly from Wikipedia, directed by F. Gary Gray in his directorial debut. It stars Ice Cube, who co-wrote the film with DJ Pooh, and Chris Tucker in his first starring role. It details roughly 16 hours in the lives of unemployed Craig Jones and Smokey, who must pay a drug dealer $200 by 10 p.m. that night. This film, which launched the careers of not only F. Gary Gray, the movie career of Ice Cube, right, and Chris Jones, but launched the career of so many other performers. Yeah, yeah. Is the selection... Of Vincent Williams. Yes. Yes, it is. You know, I'm a big fan of Friday. You know, I don't think that's that's really that radical to be a big fan of Friday. But, but you know, when you think about Friday and, and you kind of do an anatomy of Friday, mm-hmm. it's, an, it's really an amazing story. Because this is part of the remarkable story of Ice Cube. Yeah, And when we talk about Ice Cube, I mentioned before the trailer that I had a, a quick conversation with my nephew earlier. We were all on a walk, me, him, and my son, and we walked past C. Dolores Tucker's house. Okay, For those of you who, aren't, who don't know, C. Dolores Tucker was from Philadelphia and had a house in Philadelphia. And he wasn't, he being my nephew, didn't know about C. Dolores Tucker. So I told him the whole 90s thing, C. Dolores Tucker, Calvin Butts, parental advisory stickers, people bulldozing CDs, gangster rap, like the whole deal, Mm -hmm. which when you say it out loud as a story, sounds insane. Right. That there was this moment where there was this hysteria about hip hop Mm -hmm. and, you know, quote unquote, gangster rap. And 
And it was led by C. Dolores Tucker. And it was led by C. Dolores Tucker. But when you have these kind of articles and what we would call think pieces about gangster rap and about this this sort of violent black music, Ice Cube was really the face. Yeah. Because it was N.W.A. who, you know, kind of started the hysteria. And in N.W.A., Ice Cube is very much the lead MC. Mm -hmm. And then Ice Cube fell out with them. You know, Ice Cube was too bad to be in there. Then Ice Cube fell in with Chuck D and the Nation of Islam Mm -hmm. and got radicalized. Yep. So for Ice Cube to kind of make this transition, you know, kind of doing research for this, I'd always assume that there was a connection between this film and Ice Cube's song off of 1992's Predator, um, it was a good day mm-hmm. where he talks about, well, a good day. And this in film South Central in LA. South Central L.A. So for Ice Cube to transition from Doughboy in um, Boys in the Hood, which was his first role mm-hmm. and his only role before this. And, you know, N.W.A. slash Lethal Injection Predator mm-hmm. Ice Cube into this is in, until finally, you know, speaking of my son, you know, Ice Cube's on Sesame Street now. Right. There's a segment with Ice Cube and Elmo. <laughs> and this is where it starts. Where he and, you know, DJ Pooh write this story of a day in South Central. And as Ice Cube says, he wanted to show that, you know, just it wasn't just bad things that happened in South Central. And, you know, people have good days. You know, the irony, of course, is that he's one of the main reasons that all of us thought that South Central L.A. was Grand Theft Auto. Right. So, you know, for him to say, you know, it's either ironic or it is appropriate that he's the one that that kind of brings it back. And, you know, you talked about the performances in here. You you know, the the foundation is Ice Cube, obviously. Like, he's a star. But you look at everyone around Ice Cube. You know, you mentioned Chris Tucker. And Chris Tucker, I have to say, I'm a person that – Chris Tucker is like nails on a chalkboard. Really? Like a little Chris Tucker goes a long way with me. Okay. To the point where this is my favorite Chris Tucker performance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have you, you have um, John Witherspoon, who quietly has a couple of colors yeah. in this, where he's not just bang, bang, bang. This is my favorite John Witherspoon You You know, I, it might be mine. You know, I love him more in Boomerang just because, you know, I honestly do think that that is one of the funniest scenes ever. Right. But he gets to do more. Yeah. In in Friday. Anna Marie Horsford, who quietly doesn't have a whole lot to do. But I was watching her today and I said, you know, she really brings her a game for what she has to do. She does a lot. She does a lot. Very, very underrated. Very underrated actress has never really gotten the roles. Right. That she deserves. Like, if you only know her from Amen, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. She does pop up through the 90s and you realize that it's more going on yeah. than what she had to work with. Look, I think it's fair to say this is when people fell in love with Nia Long. Yes. Like, Nia Long was okay in Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nia Long certainly playing Will's girlfriend on The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. But Nia Long is is radiant hey. in this film. Like she really is. Mm. Paula J. Parker, mm. one of my, you know, one of my little actresses that I like that never 
work, you know, I say this all the time, always wanted her to work more. Like, yeah. I think Paula J. Parker, it was funny, a, a couple of episodes when I talked about screwball characters mm-hmm. and how black women don't get to be screwball characters. Every now and then, Paula J. Parker pops up. And she is this sort of over-the-top ridiculousness. And, you know, it's like, oh, I wish they would give her more to do. Yeah. Zeus Lister as Debo hmm. is almost immediately iconic. Immediately iconic as this menacing figure. Yeah. And who would have thought when you see him there, and he's, I mean, he's Debo. Yeah. He, he, he's he, he Debo. But who would have thought he would have more roles? Yes. And, and, and yes, he plays a lot of the same roles, but he plays, I mean, he plays the president in another movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. F. Gary Gray's direction, I think, has a warmth to it and and a real intimacy. Maybe not warmth. Intimacy is what I'm looking for. Right. Where F. Gary Gray has this affection for South Central, for these streets, mm-hmm. for these characters, where this feels like a real thing. Yeah. And Ice Cube holds it all together, mm-hmm. where I think he is generous enough to let people work around him but he's charismatic enough that we trust him basically and he, and to pull he, back. He, he doesn't get lost. And he doesn't get lost. And again, it doesn't because cause this is a film that very easily could just kind of be episodic. Because yeah. it is. It just kind of goes mm-hmm. from bit to bit. Mm-hmm. But somehow Ice Cube's through line kind of holds it all together. Yeah. I love the family. I love Ice Cube. I love Craig's family. Yeah. Like, you know, they don't underline it. There's, you know, it's not this whole thing. But this is a beautiful family. I, we haven't mentioned Regina King. No. I as his sister. For you. Yeah. Regina King, another actress in this film, not a whole lot to do. But what she has, she does it very well. And it's basically a black stoner movie, which there aren't a lot of those. Mm-hmm. And I think. I mean, if we're going to count, uh, what's the Dave Chappelle movie? Half-Baked. Half-Baked. If you count Half-Baked as a black stoner movie, these are the only two black stoner movies that I actually like. And Friday is is in a whole nother league than Half-Baked. Totally. But it's, it's, just, it's just this great, solid, feel-good 90s movie. See, I think calling it a stoner movie is inaccurate okay it's about weed it's about loosely about getting high and there are some fun scenes of uh that revolve around being high or inebriated in some type of way but i think i still think that is so much um just a byproduct of just the just the script and not not indicative of what the entire film is about. The entire film is about the family, but it's about the block. It's about that whole it's about that whole neighborhood mm-hmm. and the family that it is. Oh, how okay. they all connect with one another. How each and every one of them is just that, you know, either is that that uh your your sister's girlfriend who you just you just can't wait to get with or one is that someone is that cousin that you can't stand that whole neighborhood is just one is one big family 
And um, or if you have to break it down even further, it is before it's a, a stoner film. It is the other thing they say, a buddy film. Mm. And that's really what it is. You can't take your eyes off of off of uh, Ice Cube in this movie. You can't take your eyes off of Smokey. Right. Chris Tucker in this movie. Each of them have scenes on their own where they are great. I mean, Chris Tucker is just it's a tour de force mm-hmm. in this movie. Like it's easily this is everybody's favorite Chris Tucker performance. Okay. You know? Um but the reason why is because in the scenes where he's he's not just over the top crazy, all those other scenes are balanced by Ice Cube. True. And Ice Cube, like you said, has enough charisma, enough generosity in his acting, enough um, and enough chops and intelligence mm-hmm. in his acting to know how to ride Chris correctly. Also, I think uh, a lot should be given to F. Gary Gray yeah. as a director because, you know, as crazy as Chris Tucker is in this film, We've seen Chris Tucker in other films where he can go off the rails a little bit. Yeah. And I think you have to give F. Gary Gray some um, some props for keeping Chris honed in, with especially with this being uh, Gary's movie, feature film directorial debut. He had done right. music videos. With this being his first film, it would it could have been very easy for him to kind of like just give in to the hilarity of Chris Tucker, right? You know, for sake of well, it's it's, it's funny everybody's laughing. All right, let's just keep it moving, right? But but smartly knowing like no, we've got to we've got to tone it in sometimes. You know, I've got to I've got to balance this out. You know, balance you out a little bit. Um, so I, I I think that he should be get get some more props thrown his way as well. So I think it's I think it's just really a great buddy film and I, it's one of my like I've, I said it's one of my five favorite movies of all time it's also one of my five greatest uh, disappointment biggest disappointment movies wise because in Chris Tucker and Ice Cube you have the building blocks of a great team right I understand that both of them individually are superstars. Right. Uh, well, Chris was on his way to becoming a superstar. Um, but I easily could have seen them in another few films. Not necessarily sequels to Friday. Right. Which which they easily could have done. Right. But I could have seen them as buddy cops. Right. I could have seen them as... Uh, uh, I could have seen them as anything. Well, they could have had a partnership like, appropriately enough, Ice Cube ends up having... With Mike Epps, unfortunately, starts right. having it with Mike Epps, right? Um, because uh, you're right, because that's the other thing. That's the other beautiful part about this film. Even though I know Ice Cube and Pooh had a hand in the two sequels that right. come next, Friday after next, and what is it, Friday? No, it's it's next Friday next and Friday, Friday after, and then Friday, after which next. after Chris Tucker drops out, Mike Epps joins right. the cast, and I know. Ice Cube still had a hand in those films. Right. But I think what 
gets lost in those films. What's lost in those films is that those movies each increasingly become more and more absurd. Yes. And go for the farce. I was going to say ridiculous. Yes. Because farce and absurdity always kind of imply a level of, of intelligence, intelligence that yes. I don't get from the next two Friday films. No, you do not. Yeah. And um, and I like the next two Friday films. Uh, okay. You know, I mean, just as, as, you know, oh, okay, little movies. But I think you're right. As sequels to Friday, they are very much disappointing. They missed the mark because yeah. this movie is it, it it like the 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 description says it's about 16 hours it's about just what happens in the day right and everything feels so letter perfect you were talking about how intimate this film is there is some direction of this film like i said this is f gary gray's first film right, right? his first feature film there's some direction uh, directorial choices in this film that feel like a first person, you know, like trying to get his get his feet wet. However, the what gets this movie over is that it has enough of a professional sheen about it mm-hmm. that it feels like a well-made movie. Yet there is also enough naturalness to it that feels like they just turned the cameras on. I, like this is like a shot on an iPhone. And I would say what you just said, but I wouldn't use the conjunction but. Okay. Like I would say and because there are parts of this film. First of all, I think this film has maybe the best control of tonal shifts mm-hmm. of anything I can remember and think of. And there are parts in like I actually said I actually said, well, I'm just going to ask Lynn. There are parts of this film that I don't understand how they work. When you get to the part in the films, you know, those of y'all who don't know, the, the big the, the big conflict in the film, is, as Lynn said, is that they end up owing the local drug dealer, Big Worm, money. Big Perm. No, Big Worm. And then he calls. Right, right, right. Big, right, right. <laughs> so it's a comedy. This is very much a comedy. But there is a scene where Big Worm sends a crew to kill them. Yeah. And it is an actual drive-by mm-hmm. with all of the visual markers, the sonic markers, the way it shot. Because F. Gary Gray, this is his first feature film. Mm-hmm. But F. Gary Gray had been shooting videos, including videos for Ice Cube. And, you know, so F. Gary Gray knew the visual language of the drive-by. Where it's not jokes, this is dead serious that these men in this van are trying to kill the two people that we've spent the last hour and 10 minutes joking and having fun and, you know, they're smoking weed and it's this yeah. one, that one. And it is such an abrupt, an abrupt shift in tone. Right. I have no idea why it works. Like, I could not figure, I actually rewound it. Mm-hmm. And watched it start twice. Right. And I couldn't figure out why it works, but somehow it does. And and to me, that that's amazing. It works because everything before it, you are in this neighborhood. 
you are you are sitting on the porch with Craig and Smokey throughout this film. You are watching Devo ride around on the bike. You are you are you are invested in everything. You are watching Miss Parker across the street. Hi, Miss Parker. Hey, boys. <laughs> you were you're there. You're you're a part of it. And because you you get so in, wrapped up in it, and because you Craig and Smokey for the for the about hour or so before that scene happens are your boys you know you're you're they're my dudes when that scene happens it feels on point right because in life that's how tone shifts that is how it happens on the dime that is how it happens just like that you are absolutely correct and that's why it works yeah and that is exactly why it works and that's why even throughout that scene where if you watch it, Chris Tucker is still being Chris Tucker. Yes. He's still being a stone nut. Right. You know what I mean? The whole time. But it's still, it's st- you are still feeling the dread. Right. And you if know? anything, that speaks to earlier when Craig says to him, you always plan. You're the exactly. only one that's playing. Exactly. Everyone else is serious. So it's funny. But it also underscores what has been set up earlier, right? So that yeah, it's I I think it's I think it's a brilliant scene. I think it's again I can't like I'm I'm sure I've seen someone handle tone shifts mm-hmm. better than this, yeah, or at least I think I have, right? But off the top of my head, and like I said, I've been thinking about it for the past six hours. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anyone that has gone from a scene where um. And I forget the actor's name, the little, the little, the little person actor. Oh, Tony Cox. Where you have Tony Cox mm-hmm. chasing Bernie Mac <laughs> and his wife out of the house. You have a scene where Debo mm-hmm. knocks out Red. <clears throat> you have John Witherspoon do the bang, 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 talking and get bitten by a dog right 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 but then you also have a scene like this that is not played for a joke no not at all and that it is seamless yeah so it's because it's it's real life it's yeah i mean my god it's it goes down to the name it's friday right like i'm not i've never been and we talked about this a little bit when we did um straight out of compton i'm not a huge f f gary gray fan like, I, I like F. Gary Gray. Like, I like him. But he's not somebody that you could say, this guy's in it, that guy's in it, this other guy's in it, and it's directed by F. Gary Gray. And I'll say, oh, yeah, I got to see that. Right. I have more respect for him today than I have, because like I said, I, I can't find the seams. Yeah. And I was looking for the seams. Mm-hmm. Like, I was looking for them, and I couldn't find them. The other, th- the other thing that is that is smart about it. In the other movies where tonal shifts are probably handled just as well, or even even more gracefully, and you know, like you feel it, it's like, ooh, that was really cool the way they did that. It feels cool because a lot of that stuff is being set up all along the right. Way, you know what I mean? Right. And you you're just waiting for that moment. So when it comes, it's just how do we go into it? It's like ah, we went there. Right. You know what I mean? This one, it's kind of being set up. Because the danger is all throughout the whole film. Right. You know what I mean? They, they are 
they are being playful with some various serious stuff, even down to Smokey actually smoking some wet, you know, right, and, right, and, and tripping, right, you know, and you see that he he keeps that up throughout the entire film, right. Um, they're playing with some serious stuff, but again, I can't I can't stress it enough. It just feels so real. Like Ice Cube has said in the making of, of Friday, everybody's got somebody like that. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's got somebody that's always playing. Yes. And because they're always playing, if you find out, turn on the news and find out that they just got shot, you're like, it's always playing, man. Right. Or I just just with that bull. We was just bugging. Yeah. Just bugging with this bull. That's very true. You know what I mean? And um, it's. It's insane. The crazy part about it, and, and I watched a, a documentary, which is on YouTube, The Making of Friday. Mm-hmm. And I did not know this because I, I've always known the name DJ Pooh, but I had never seen him. Right. Or if I had, I didn't remember. Right. Um, he's in this movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. He plays um, Red. He plays Red. Yeah. And, and I didn't know that yeah. was him. Um, but watching that, my grandmama gave me that chain. <laughs> That's red. Yes. That's crazy. And, but he was actually, Ice Cube kind of wanted him to play Smokey. Right. They had kind of written it for him to, to play Smokey, but New New Line Cinema wouldn't sign off on uh, red, right? Because oh, he, did, he didn't have any acting experience. He didn't have any yeah. acting experience, and he felt it was a little bit, you know. And and I can't knock, I can't knock the decision. Hey. That was a smart I, one. It was a smart decision, and even if they hadn't cast Chris Tucker, maybe the decision might not have played out the way that it did. But I can't knock that thinking. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. However, that being said, Pooh was pretty funny. Who is pretty funny? Pretty funny. Shit. Everyone in this film, I was enjoying, and and, and I forget his name because I just call him Crackhead Azeel. I actually see him and call him Crackhead Azeel. Uh, Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson is fantastic. Who shows up everywhere? He shows up everywhere. Pretty much doing the same thing. Same thing. Funny as hell. Crackhead Azeel, fantastic. He's funny. Faison Love. Faison Love. Big Worm. Big Worm is funny. You talked about Paula J. Parker and Faison Love does a great job balancing that ridiculous and menacing. Yeah, because it, it easily, that easily could have gone left. Right. You don't get that in the follow-up films where they try to have big worm characters, mm-hmm. but they're just ridiculous. Right. Because they don't, it's not, it, it's like you said, it's just not. Yeah. yeah. Faison loves big worm. Big worm is a, is a surprisingly complex in textured character. Like when you really think about Big Worm, like there's principality to this. Right. But again, he's funny, but at the same time, you understand how Big Worm is the local drug dealer. Yeah. Who has the ice cream truck and the gun on the passenger seat. Yeah. Like you believe both of those. And you believe the stakes. Yes. This is about two unemployed guys trying to come up with $200. People have lost their lives for less. Exactly. It, it, that's what I also... I suspect you and I personally know people who have lost their lives for less money than $200. Oh, Lord Jesus. So, yes. so yeah. I mean, it, but it, 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 
it makes sense. I mean, that's the, the other real aspect about it. It feels real. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels, it, it's every note about this feels so real. Even down to uh, Nia Long. Yes. Who, yes, everybody <laughs> falls in love with Nia Long yes, in this yes, movie. Yes. I fell in love with Nia Long in this. Well, I fell in love with Nia Long the first time I saw her. Right, and, right. And have ever been falling head yes, over heels yes, for yes, her. Yes, yes. But in this film, it's easy. It's, it would have been so easy because at this point, Nia Long is not Nia Long. Right. But she's on her way to becoming Nia yeah, Long. Yeah, she's right she's, there. She's, she's on her way to becoming black Hollywood's girlfriend du jour. Yeah. Right? If, if she's not quite there yet. Yeah. And it would have been very easy, especially for what her role is called for, for her to be maybe a little bit more more sexualized. Even mm-hmm. in just when her she's running up the street in her her, um, her workout outfit. Yes. You know, which which admittedly is still a, a midriff and, and shorts. Yeah. But it's not like everything's all popping out or anything right. like that. You know what I mean? And she's she, it's very tastefully done, but it's who who you it's who you would see in your neighborhood. That's who you would see running up your neighborhood. Mrs. Parker, I didn't have Miss Parker growing up. Right. She didn't live across the street from my house. But you did have the neighbor who was kind of friends with your mother or kind of kind of you know just in your your mother's peer. Yeah. That was a little bit extra. Oh yeah. Yeah, just a little extra. And, and your co- mom kind of didn't you know, really rock with her like that. But you know, had to put up appearances so, for neighbors. I yeah, love I'm that exchange I so it. much. I love it, man. I love Anna Marie Horsford. Because she is so it's so perfect. Yeah. She is every like when she does that, she is every solitary black woman. Yes. Yes. Hey girl. Mm-hmm. Can you stand that? Is- <laughs> She's fantastic. um, And you believe her with John Witherspoon. I'm telling you, the whole family is so well sketched out Mm -hmm. in not a lot of time and not a lot of dialogue. No. But you get the whole family dynamic. And, you know, I think it's one scene where all four of them are together. Yeah. In the very beginning. In the very beginning. And then you right. get, you know, kind of different get combinations. Right. But it really is. It, it really is a great script. It's a great script. Script. How many movies? The very few movies. The entire script is quotable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and oh, yeah. everybody's got a quotable line. Uh, Robin Roberts just said Ba Felicia to Amarosa a week before this was taped. Did she really? Oh, you haven't seen it? I didn't see that. She says it under her breath as they're about to go to commercial. She says, you know, Amarosa has her, and I'm sure she'll sell it to us. And then she says, Ba Felicia. They actually caught that on the microphone? Dude, you apparently have not been on the internet. Yes. I, I did not know. You've just been on the nerd internet. I don't, I don't, I'm a Rosa. I'm Looking at the fatwa about Star Wars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I'm a Rosa, I tune it out. What, but there you go. Yeah, oh. That's, bye Felicia. Bye Felicia. This is where it started. Yes. This is where it started. Right here. Right here. Yeah. Right here. We were talking about when Nia Long goes goes riding by. Hey, right here, right here. Right. Don't nobody go in the bathroom for 35, 30, 45 minutes. Forty five minutes. Yeah. Don't you 
Never, ever, never, 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 never. <laughs> right here. Right here. Right here. Right yeah. here, man. It, it's, it, it. And you know this, man. You know this, man. This, this script. And this is just the quotes that we can say. This script sparkles. It really does. It really does. It's a great script. It does, man. I mean, I was sitting here like, and this movie is 1995. Yeah. It's 20 years old. Yes. Yeah. And we're still quoting it. Yeah. Did you hear me say that Robin Roberts said on Good Morning America about someone who was on the White House staff by Felicia? Like, that's where we are. Crazy. Insane. It yeah. is insane. <sighs> and. And. As as I saw in that making of and looking at this cast list, we're talking about all the people that got their starts in here. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac went from, like, this support player who would just come in, steal a scene, which he does. Yes, he does. Here. Um, to becoming like you know the, the king of comedy. Yes. Uh, we talked about Tiny Tiny Lister, John Witherspoon, easily the best thing that he that he's done. Neil Long will go on to great stardom. <laughs> to be Neil Long. Yes. <laughs> Regina King, very Regina little to king. do, but Regina King right now may be one of the three, four. Five most respected actors you know what? in we, Hollywood. We talked about it in Baby Boy. You can just Regina King is like the domino that's blank on both sides. Like you can put Regina King anywhere, 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 any role, and she kills it. She kills it, man. Like, like you know, you say she plays her position, but that kind of sounds like you're damning her with faint praise. Mm-hmm. But she really is. A component that you don't have to worry about. You know, like Regina King is almost like a dream person for a director to me, because like you know she got it. And you know why? And you know why that is, is so much so. I was thinking about it because now the, one of the big things on television now is like anthology series. So it's not right. even so much even anthology series, but series that kind of like uh, uh, um, reshape themselves uh, year after year. Like right. American and sometimes with the same cast. Right. Right. Like right. American Horror Story uh, on Fox and then on ABC, is, I think it's called America Crime. I don't right. know if America Crime is still on there, but it, it was for a couple of years. Right. And America Horror Story a couple of years ago, they cast Angela Bassett in one of their ongoing you know one of their stories and now she's become part of that that um cast right she's been on like the last i think like last three or four seasons and now she's about to do um a new series Nine One One, which yeah. is basically about the cops mm-hmm. right and angela bassett i love angela bassett yes i do but when i see angela bassett act i see angela bassett that's fair. Her, her name may be something else. The the trappings may be slightly different. But I see Angela Bassett. Not to knock her. No, no, no. That's no, what I, I see. I've watched a couple of the seasons of America Crime. Regina King is in that cast. Mm-hmm. And has to and therefore each season she's somebody different. Yeah. Playing a different role. One uh one year she played like a uh a Muslim guy's sister. Mm-hmm. You know, complete with the with the raps and everything. And another season, I, she plays somebody's mother. And when I see Regina King act, 
I don't see Regina King. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see whoever she has become. She's a consummate actress. She is. She really is. Like, like, I, to me, there are very few actors. Like, I res, I, I love. Like I said, I, I love a lot, a lot of actors. But the actors who I respect the most and get the most props from me are the ones who just completely uh, uh, disappear mm-hmm. from role to role to role, mm-hmm. and all you see is their roles. You know, Dustin Hoffman is one is someone like sure. that. I see, um, and Regina King is like that as well. Yeah. You know, and that's why to me, I can, I can't think of maybe three or four other actors that I would, I can't think of any actor female that I would cast before Regina King in anything. I yeah. Don't, I don't even care. Cause Regina King is just, she is just boss. Yeah. Oh yeah. She is boss hawk. Oh. But speaking of, about that, you mentioned like, um, we talk about Faison Love, you know, who's going going on to be a steady acting Absolutely. guy, you know. Um, Tony Cox, you know, little guy doing big things. But in very smaller roles as, as an extra <laughs> is Michael Clark Duncan. Yes. And, and, and if you blink, you miss him. Yeah. And you know who else is, a, is cast as kid number two in this movie? That would be Miss Megan Good. Megan Good. That's right. That's right. I think she actually gets a line. Does she? She says, I hate him. Or she says something after. The, like, I think the first kid says, I hate him. And then she says something. And she gets, like, this great shot of her. Mm. Where it's like, that's making good. <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan, he, he's, like, on the side. Yeah, you, blink, you, see, you, you, see, you see muscles. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, who's almost as big as Debo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah. You know? Um Man, I mean, okay, we're going on and on about this. Yes, but l- let's be fair. Um, well, one other thing is, well, I'll go here first because where I was going. Is there a misstep in Friday? I don't think there is. I think there are parts of Friday, like there are moments in Friday that don't age that well, like. You know, it's a, it gets a little homophobic in a way that, you know, stuff always got in the 90s. You know, I ain't here for all that gay stuff and this, mm. and, you know, it's a little bit of that. But I'm not a big fan of the neighbor, the ascot smoking oh, jacket yeah. neighbor. Like he took me out of it every time he was on screen. Yeah. Like he didn't seem like a real person. A real character. But, you, you know, it's like, you know, 30 seconds. Ironically, I didn't have that problem with Tony Cox. Because that's the type of absurdity that you see in a neighborhood. Yeah. Like, it's the type of thing where if I told you about it, you wouldn't believe it. Right. right. But besides that, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Friday. The homo, the homophobic stuff doesn't age well now, politically correctly speaking. However, I think that it's still, it, I don't see the age on it because, you know, let's just keep it keep it real. That's still the neighborhood, right? That's that's still our boys in around the way. That's still the boys at the barbershop. And you probably say the same thing about you know the bitches are a little free flowing. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But but that's that's still that's still real talk. You know what I mean? Right. So in that way, it it you know. 
the age on it, you know, it doesn't stink. And because it's, like I said, it's just done so so well in this movie, right. it doesn't sting my ears like it does in in uh, like menace to society. Right. And the misogynistic language doesn't bother me because you've got these really well-rounded because female there's the other characters. Side of, right. There's the other side right. of, the, Be- of the table. Between, there. you know, Debbie, between his sister, between his mother, mm-hmm. between, Paul, you know, Paula J. Parker's character, quietly. Very much. Like, like you actually have a nice array yeah. of female characters. You have a nice array film. of female characters, and the misogyny in the movie is commented on. Right. You know what I mean? It's dealt with. Right. You know? So it's not just there to linger. You know, so so that's why you don't mind it. You yeah. know, it's like okay, you know that that that's smart. Um, again, a testament to some to Ice Cube, the 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 main, like you said, the, the the main creative force in this movie, a man who has, you know, so smartly run his career. Oh yeah, to the point where he can do Friday. He will later in later years veer to some more even family friendly comedies. Yeah. But can still do an action movie, still do a hard hood movie, do drama. Yeah. And come off as very believable. And when he wants to, maybe not so much anymore, but certainly within the last 10 years or so, still drop a dope cut. I mean, he's still an MC. Yeah, that don't go First away. First and foremost, always an MC. And we were talking about, you know, favorite actor. Athletes. Aren't the young boys adorable this week? Being flabbergasted by Black Thought. Yeah, it's like, oh, Black Thought's an actual MC. Yeah, I don't know who y'all listen to, but this is what this is what hip hop is. Exactly. Don't be surprised. Be disappointed in your other choices. <laughs> YouTube, Black Thought, if you haven't, ladies and gentlemen, 10 minutes, freestyle, off the dome. Insane. We talked about favorite actors slash athletes. Mm-hmm. And we may, you know, quibble on who was our favorite. It it may be hard to, to find another music performer slash actor that has been quite as successful as Ice Cube, certainly in in the in the world of black music. I mean, are we, are we not including Will Smith in this conversation? Like, is Will Smith not part of this conversation for some reason? Will Smith is not a part of this conversation, and I'll say, and I'll say this. Okay, no, Will Smith certainly would go on okay. to me. <laughs> All right, but but I was still I was still hasten to say that Ice Cube may be a little bit more successful. Reason being, okay. It, overall, okay. I'm reason being is because, like I said, even within the last seven, ten years, mm-hmm. Ice Cube could still drop a, an album right. or at least a single, and it, it it get get play, right? Get rotations, get sales. He, for a man who, when you look at him, you don't think there's a lot of range to his face, and it's really not a whole lot of range to his face. But he gets a lot out of it. Yeah, he is he is smartly 
not allowed himself to be typecast Mm -hmm. in his roles. And he has built for himself an extremely successful name on the other side of the camera. True. As a director and a writer and a producer of music, uh, movies, and television. Now, is he bringing home the paychecks that Will Smith is? No, he's probably quite as kept, probably not bringing home the, the paychecks movie wise that at one point Latifah was. I don't right. think Latifah's bringing them home that much anymore, but she was bringing some nice checks. Um, but when you talk about just overall success okay. in their career, I think Ice Cube's got Will Smith beat. I agree with you. You actually changed my mind as you were talking. The funny thing is, you went the movie way, I mean, the music way. And I thought you were going to go the movie way because if I had to trust one of their instincts in 2017, I'm going to put my $10 on Ice Cube. All day. So, I okay, I agree. I changed my mind. You're right. I was blinded by Men in Black. (laughs) I was getting jiggy with it with Men in Black. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Um, Why do you think that this movie still resonates so much i mean it's going to always be a a touch sure. a, a, a time stamp for for people sure. like me and you and, and and maybe even like a generation right after us i think first of all you have to give credit where credit is due this is a damn good movie yes it is built very well the bones are great mm-hmm. and everything on top so so first and foremost you got to start with that second and i think this speaks to something you just said about ice cube this is the foundation of Ice Cube's sort of of empire. Mm-hmm. And because Ice Cube has never not been relevant, it's always been a part of the conversation. It's sort of like they would say, like when Prince would have a new album come out, that the sales for all of his albums would jump. Right. Because, you know, people would buy his new album and then say, oh, well, I didn't. And then, you know, that kind of kept going. And I think Ice Cube is one of the actors that this happened so that you know i forget the 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 movie he just had with charlie day it's like school fighter oh yeah 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 you yeah. know and know what you're about. and certainly he's gotten a new generation of fans with the 21 jump street films mm-hmm. so that you know if, if you're 15 16 now you like ice cube now you're watching friday so yeah. that's the second part third i think chris tucker I think Chris Tucker kind of, you, you know, like you said, all the quotes, everything with Chris Tucker kind of kind of has always stayed relevant and, you know, kind of the, you know, feeding itself back and forth, you know, between hip hop and kind of that post deaf comedy jam comedy. Mm-hmm. So much of Friday was folded into black popular culture yeah. so that it never uh, again. People start saying Ba Felicia, like Ba Felicia became like this pop culture term, what, three, four years ago? Yeah. Five years ago? So you think about that, that, you know, the kids and, and the youngs and people start saying Ba Felicia. And like you said, a lot of people didn't even know where that came from. Right. They just right. saw people start saying that. And then, you know, slowly but surely people realize, no, that comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's just one of these films that has always stayed relevant. Right. And 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 it should have. 
So yeah. and and especially for the time that it came out, it presented the other side of the coin. When this film came out, you know, black films had kind of grown into like a little bit of a stigma of, you know, always being trying to be like dark and gritty or right. about, you know, like some pseudo street gangster stuff, you right. know, or some uber preachy, you know, type of thing. Right. Um, and this was, this was the other side of the coin. And, you know, so this is 95. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know the years off the top of my head, but, but this is also... We're right around the time when we start making the the black buppy mm-hmm. upper middle class. Yep. We're not all just thugs and because, because that was the other answer. Right, right. So you know, it was like where it got to a point where it was just kind of awkward. Right. How you know, it's like the films that that Tay Diggs paid off the mortgage on his first house <laughs> with. Yeah, and yeah. That, and that you know soon would be, you know, Neil Long's empire. Right, right, but you know like you said this is very much a working class mm-hmm. community. Yeah. And you know, I love the fact that John Witherspoon's character has an actual job. Like right. he doesn't go to work. Right. He's uh you, you know, he's animal control. Mm-hmm. And that's his job. And I love the specificity of that. Yeah, you know, Anna Marie Horsford goes to work. These people go to work, so we gotta get more work. I don't. I wonder what Anna Marie is doing. I don't know. She. I mean, again, she's really somebody. I mean, she's somebody I discovered after telly because you know, Amen. I know this is gonna surprise you, but like, I have this fascination with like those '80s pre Cosby show mm-hmm. NBC black sitcoms. That were just sort of there. Was Amen before Cosby? Yeah. So, and it may have been concurrent for a moment. Okay. But yeah, Amen, two two seven, give me a break. Like them. Well, yeah, two, yeah. Them weird black sitcoms that weren't funny at all. Two two seven was kind of funny. Two two seven was never. There's not one it moment of two. Of, it was kind of funny. It wasn't funny. Like you watched it. It was on. Maybe it was just serviceable. Right, right. but it wasn't You're right. funny. You're right. You're right. And, you know, so you think of Anna Marie Horsford, you think of Amen. Yeah. And Sherman Hemsley's other ep- show. Right. And it's just like, you don't think anything about her. And, and then you you see her in films, and it's like, oh, it's something going on here. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, anything else? I think, I think uh, well, first of all, I know you selected this for me, Vince. So yes. Thank you. Hey. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, baby. There you go. Um, and this puts a bow on 2017 puts for us. Puts a bow on 2017. How about that? Wow, man. This is um. It's a it it struck me when I was thinking about this is like our last show of the year. This is the last show. Of our second year. I know. I can't believe we've been doing this. This thing is, it is flying. (laughs) I know. This is a, it makes no sense. I know. I know. It's crazy. This makes absolutely. It's crazy pants. It is. It's crazy pants. But we're doing it. We're doing it. We got so much left to do. I know. So. God, I like you. Ah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next episode, it's going to be Mike Epps sitting over here. 
people are gonna be like, you know, it's it's still entertaining, but I feel like something's missing. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe I'll get into tax trouble and come back and Oh uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, you're going nowhere, <laughs> my friend. You're going nowhere. Uh so would you recommend Friday? Oh, please. You yes. I don't care what you're watching right now. Stop and go watch Friday. Go watch Friday. I guarantee it's better than anything you're watching right now. That's a solid guarantee. Yes. I would also highly recommend Friday. Yes. The first one. The first Friday. And if you've not watched it because you think it is sort of not important. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Friday is an important film. Oh, when yeah. When we talk about black film, like an actual important film. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like you should talk about Friday in the same breath that, you know, without hyperbole, I think the way we talk about, you know, Spike Lee's films, the way we talk about um, The Color Purple. I think we should we talk, talk about the same way we talk about Uptown Saturday Night. Right. Well, see, even Uptown Saturday Night, I think ultimately it's more important in Uptown Saturday Night. Like, if I was, you know, I always think if I was going to put together a syllabus mm-hmm. of films and for an introductory class, and, you know, so I always assume that these kids, like, this is it. Like, me giving them this stuff, this is it. Okay. So, like, I got to pick, let's say, seven, eight films. I mean, I'd never show seven, eight films in one term. But, like, let's say for the sake of argument, seven eight to ten films. Mm-hmm. I think you can make a really good argument that Friday should be to be on that list. Friday should very much be on the list. You know, yes. like, you know, color purple, um you, you, you know, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh you, you know, kill you know, I'm assuming killer or sheep the way people talk about it. And and you, you know, is it the the best is it better than a lot of these films? No. Is it as good? I think you can make that argument. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're very dismissive of comedies in general, and certainly I think we're dismissive of of actors and other entertainers turned directors. Mm -hmm. And because that, I don't know if Friday gets the critical attention that it should. I got you. So I'm recommending it, but I'm recommending it from the perspective of this is an important film. There you go. There you go. Vince said it. You know it's so. <laughs> yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, we will see you again in 2018. 2018. As we go through the last six films on our way to episode 100 and The Wiz, which we will be screening in February at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, part of an whole day of movies. Yes. An insane schedule that Vince came up with oh. and somehow roped Ariel into yes, the green. Yes, it was me that did it. <laughs> so you know what we're doing next? Do you know? No. We're just going to surprise them. I have absolutely I have absolutely zero idea what I want to do next. Okay. Can we can we do none of the above the Elvis film where Elvis convinces Mary Tyler Moore not to be a nun anymore? That's change of habit. Very nice. <laughs> I knew it was some type of nun pun. 
You're right. It's change a habit. Change. I did like that song. Yeah. I did like that song, and I love that Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, Elvis is. It's like it's like ten pounds before official fat Elvis. Yeah. And he's got the mutton chops, and he's a doctor helping out kids in the ghetto. That's a, that's a film where he sings. That's right. That's right. He sings in the ghetto. Elvis gets relevant. In the ghetto. Real quick. <laughs> Real quick, as we're saying goodbye to 2017, I posted on our Facebook group, um, TCM, Turner Classic Movies, always do like an in memoriam. Yes. For people that you've lost yeah, this year. Yes. Um, and I, and I always I, I always just love it because you, you, you see people and you're like, oh my God. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. you forgot that they died. Yeah. Right. Bernie Casey. Yeah. I forgot that he had died. Yeah. And that was that was a guy who when I saw him in something immediately made me think better of whatever I was watching. Yeah. I was actually when we were talking about athletes becoming actors, I thought about Bernie Casey. Was he an athlete? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he I mean he's got played, he had an athletic build. Yeah, I, I yeah I'm pretty sure he played football. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Bernie Casey. Damn, big fan man. of Bernie Casey. I'm a huge fan of Bernie yeah, Casey. Yeah, big man. fan of Bernie. Yeah, so We've I'm done, what, one Bernie Casey film? Have we? Because he was in Coffee. Not Coffee. Cleopatra Jones. Remember, he's a love interest in Cleopatra Jones. We've got to do some more Bernie Casey. Do some more Bernie Casey. My yeah. wife likes Bernie Casey. Does she? Yeah. yeah. I can see that. I mean, you know. So. What's not to like? All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you can find our show exactly where you found it. On MichelleMission.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud's Stitcher, Google Play, and any place and every place a good podcast be, including the Black Tribbles Podcast Network, the CLNS Podcast Network, and very soon another podcast network. Uh oh, watch out now! Watch out now! We we we're moving. We're 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 making moves. We're trying to make moves. Um, please email us at mission at gmail dot com. Any of your thoughts and comments, and if you want to help us out. Help all the black podcasters support black podcasts. And even more importantly, go to Apple Podcasts if you can and leave a ranking or even better, a review, because that helps people find our shows. And the more we can find the shows, the more it, it more people that finds the shows, the bigger the show gets, the more listeners that we get, and the more listeners that we get. All of a sudden, you know, sponsors want to, you know, talk to us and holler at us and we're able to do what we do and keep it free for you and even bring you more stuff. So that's the biggest way that you can help all of us. You know, that being said in 2018, the Michelle mission will finally have a little bit of swag coming your way. Uh Oh, watch out now. All right. So, you know, look, look for store to show up on Michelle mission.com. Uh Oh, watch out now. <laughs> all right. Uh, we got to go. I'm Len. He's Vince, and we wish you happy holidays, safe travels, many blessings, and we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu, it's been a pleasure knowing you, I'll see you when it's time to meet again.